Welcome to Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast where we deal with common and controversial questions from a biblical perspective. I'm Matt Henry, and I have two guests with me. Uh, they are Jake Arthur and Angie. Angie who? Arthur. Thank you. And you need to pull that mic already closer to you. So our, I already messed up the intro because I don't do the intro. and It was okay. I, it was okay. But see... It's got R's and W's and stuff like that, and my lips don't do R's well. So anyhow, we are conducting our second interview of parents um, from our church who we have been able to watch uh, do parenting for a period of time, a long period of time. Um, Matt Miller is still not with us. Uh, he has wife just had their third child, a little boy. And so he and his wife are uh, just resting up and I'm taking care of this part of the interviews. So uh, Jake and Angie are going to be dealing with parenting in the middle years, I guess the best Right, you got so. Why don't you, one of you tell me your kids, uh, their gender and their ages? So we have four kids. The three oldest are girls, and then our youngest is a boy. Oldest is going to be thirteen in a couple weeks. Grace is eleven, ten. I had to think about it, and then <laughs> Clark is nine. I'm shocked that the guy actually volunteered to do that. It's like I always defer to my wife when it comes to ages, birthdays, and. And, and your wife's laughing. Was he right? Yeah, he's got him. I'm Although a, I don't know that he said Livy's name, but she no. was 10. Olivia's 10. Grace is 11. You didn't mm-hmm. name your oldest either. Jaina is Jaina. their oldest. All right. So I've always had a soft spot for you guys simply because you guys mirror Kim and I with your children. So every time Kim and I watch you and, and we watch your children, it's kind of like we get transported back in time. Um, and... It just brings back a lot of memories, good memories. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what we're going to do here is just what we're trying to do in these interviews is try to make everything that Matt and I talked about over those several podcasts on parenting, um, put some feet to it. Um, now, l- listen to a husband and wife talk about how they applied those things, uh, uh, the challenges, uh, the perspective, maybe even regrets um, if they're looking backward and they're like, man, I kind of wish we had been more faithful there because now we're having to work harder here. I don't know. It's not a time of confession. Obviously, I have no interest in that. Um, boy, you guys are really good at shaking your head but not making a single noise. You understand it's a podcast, not a video. Yes, I understand that. <laughs> oh, golly. Okay. <laughs> going to make me work, right? All right. So, Angie, tell me about yourself. Uh, talk about how you met Jake and ultimately married this man. Oh man. Okay. So I was born into a an unbelieving family. So I had never stepped foot in a church until I was in high school. Have I and met your parents? I, maybe. They man. have come to random events. So they've come to the baptisms of some of our okay. children and have been there. Um, but we met in high school in a dance show. Which we're not going to talk about, <laughs> Pastor Matt. Wait, wait, wait. You were in a dance show too? 
Mm. We are not going to talk about that, Pastor Matt. <laughs> I, I think we will. So, because Angie is a dancer, but uh, <laughs> apparently Jake is not. <laughs> he enjoys dancing. At weddings, he's never. Yes, at weddings, made you're, me you're feel willing really on a to dance take floor. her to the dance floor and dance every time and yes. be silly and be completely silly. I don't care about that. All it's right, good. so you met in a dance show. Wow, this is something I in never a knew. Dance show. We started dating our. My junior year of high school, his senior year. So we've been together for 21 years now. Wow. Which is crazy. More wow. than half our lives. More than half our lives. That was that was actually a goal Kim and I had was just, we, I don't know why, it was just one of those little milestones where it was that we had been longer married than single. Um, and that was kind of cool when we passed it. It's like, all right. So you got marriage down. We've been yeah. married for what, 14 years almost? Just for 14, yep. So we were foolish and dated for like seven years, but mm -hmm. that was before we were believers. So part. you weren't a believer either back then, Jake? No. Okay. No, it was both of us for our, in our early 20s-ish. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you met more. Uh, I mean, you dated. How did you come to faith then? Because I, I met you guys. Were you married? We were married. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. Yeah, we yep. were married. I was at Parkside and- Which uh, is I, a college. Which is a college up here. You're right. Um, and I met a few of the guys. I remember Tony Barrier and became friends with them. And they invited here, invited us, invited me here. And um, it was one of your Bible studies. I don't remember. I was talking to Angie. I don't remember if it was Acts. I think it was Acts for some reason. But it was a Bible study you had on Thursday nights. And it was the first time I'd ever heard the scriptures preach like that before. I had been going to church for- about four or five years mm -hmm. by that point, but I never heard it like that, preach like that before. And I remember I was telling Angie that I actually, and I think I've told you this before, Pastor Matt, that I was mad at you. I walked out going, who is this guy <laughs> to talk to me like this? I was, I was ticked. Um, but we came, but I was still friends with Tony and a few of the other guys. So I came back and I, I remember one time it was just, I, I always liken it to a piece of dried parchment that was just dipped in the ocean hmm. and just absorbed all of it. And I never preached, I never heard it preached that way before, taught that way before. And I never had a pastor. Well, I didn't grow up in the church either, like Angie, first generation Christian. Um, and I never had a pastor uh, care, that, care about that. I don't know if you remember, but we went to uh, Common Grounds one time. Um, right when I first started coming and you wanted to get to know me and I didn't even know pastors did that. Oh um, boy. I wish I could say I remember that, but I'm a very memorable guy. Um, oh the, the, no, I've been I, doing this so long. It's all becoming muddled. I forgive you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Oh yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was so fun. Yeah. Uh, but we went there and I told Angie, I said, we need to check this church out. It was back when it was temple. Temple Baptist. And you were married. We were married. We had, Jane was six months old or something like that. Yep. And so we came here and we came here and about four or five months later, you guys changed the name. Oh, um, really? You mm -hmm. came. It was pretty quick. When, pretty when quick. we replanted this Missio. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because we, we did more voting. than just re, uh, change the name. We, I mean, okay. I thought you went back further. I mean, that's a long mm -hmm. time still. Still a long time. And for some reason, you let everybody vote, and I didn't vote for Missio. I vote. I vote for something that had an X in it. I don't remember. And then I'm like, yeah, Missio, that's fine. 
Oh, I guess it's okay. <laughs> now it's Miss Yo. That's fine. Now we have a school here called Imago Day. Imago We're just Day, Latin yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Latin it up. It's yeah. Good. Well, Matt's church becomes its own independent church here in a few months, and it won't be Latin. He's rebelling against oh, okay. his uh, he can do that teacher. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. I don't care. All right. So now where did you guys come to faith, though? It was down at that other church. Mm-hmm. In, in Zion, down Illinois. In Zion. Yep, uh, down in Zion, uh, which a few, it's pretty cool. There's a few people coming to miss you yeah. now that are from, yeah. that are from there. Uh, but we both came to faith down there. For me, it was a, it was a, a weak faith. Um, I've grown a lot since then. Um, but That part I remember with you. I just remember that you had a lot of the gaps in your understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's where that's where we both came to faith. Uh, we're still very thankful for that church um, for that, but but we love we love it here. Okay. So anything you'd add to that? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Then where well, we've already answered where you're at on the parenting spectrum. So let me ask you this. Uh, what were your expectations, if any? prior to having children, and then what stood out now that you're where you're at in life with almost teenagers? We had zero expectations. And I would say from being first-generation Christians too, we had no idea what that should look like even. So we were lost. Wow, okay. We were super thankful when we came here, though. It was like our first week here. We had Jane as a little baby, and I think we were introduced to probably 25 people the first week. It was so welcoming here, which was very opposite of our old church for newcomers. They kind of would just trickle in and maybe not have someone welcome them right away. So for us, it was like, oh, okay. And I think within two weeks, I was reeled in with Esme and I was getting thrown into a book study and I was super thankful for it. That sounds like Esme. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that though. That's that's cool. (laughs) So, but you were you had Jaina just as the little one. Oh, yeah. Okay, but you weren't pregnant old. yet with the second. Oh, I might have been. You might have been. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, okay, and we're going to interview Esme and John next uh, uh, so people can hear about their story too. So mm-hmm. um, you had you had you you were just a parent, but you had no plans, no – what about for you? Did you have a sense of, all right, I'm hoping somehow to <laughs> – do this. Well, one of the reasons why we came here uh, from the church we are at is in the in the the short time that we started coming here, and I met with you. There were other men here that I could follow, and I didn't know what I was doing. And at the previous church, I didn't think I could get that there. And I like we had a six. I think she was six months old. I'm like I've got this soul. Uh, and I'm responsible. So for you her. were aware of that. You were aware that uh, this is this is serious, and I want to take it seriously. Oh, I want to do it. You. I want to do it right, but I didn't know what right meant. So we came here um, because, like I said, there were I could already see like John. Um, I could already see other guys that I could look to. How do I do this? How do I how do I do this in a God honoring way? Had some of your friends here already had children too? We were were one of the first ones. I think our friends that were here were in Virginia at the time. It was like the Boleskis before us that had kids that we were close to. So you were in many ways blazing the path for a lot of the other people your age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because 
you know, there were some other people, they weren't coming here yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can feel, but that that's hard because you're, you're like, I've got this little baby. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. And it's not even maybe your friends that you're around that uh, you can lean on and say, I, I think we, I think you tell me if you would agree, but we've created enough of a culture in our church now that as somebody has a baby or they find out they're pregnant, that immediately people can step up. And it's not me and Kim. It used to be just me and Kim. Um, but now it's many people can step up and come alongside and encourage and kind of give them a sense of what they're doing. Oh, yeah, it? for sure. Well, then even if when you're, like when we're having people over, there's a newer couple here. Uh, the guy was just baptized this past Celebration Sunday. We had them over a year ago whenever they started coming. And even he noticed like within our kids, like why are they... They're pleasant. so well behaved. Yeah, they're pleasant. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he goes, "When we have kids, we're talking to you." Oh, good for him. I know who you're talking about yeah. too, and he will talk to you. Yes. Yeah, he's not afraid so. to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and and of course, they're expecting. So yeah, um, I'm watching that with a lot of joy. All right. So now, looking backward, where you're at here, uh, what's different? What's driving you? Um, what are the motivations that push you as you? are facing every day. I mean, we just joked about what your morning was like today with the kids. Um, so why, mm-hmm. without saying names, but just describe kind of the typical squabbles so that everyone knows that we're not talking about angelic creatures that have left sin on the on the side of the road, but rather reality. I'll let you talk first. Oh, man. Um, so- I mean, again, don't name names, but just Kind of your general, here's how our morning looked like today. So everyone understand, we're real people. This morning was an opportunity to pick a movie. We let them just sit and watch a movie. So so a really difficult decision. Yes, super difficult. And three out of four (laughs) children chose one movie with no complaints. And the fourth one was like, well, I don't really want to watch that at all. So that child brought two movie options into the room and everyone just immediately shut it down. (laughs) So that child was very upset that they didn't get a say in what the movie was. And it turned into a little argument between them and whether thinking about whether they were being selfish or whether they were being right in giving these options and hoping they'd pick one. And And then I could hear from the other room and I just said, (sighs) <sighs> All right, come here. What's going on? So that's not that wasn't on your calendar. No. For no. what to do today. No. <laughs> Our calendar changes a lot with, with that. <laughs> Mostly because Clark forgets to put his laundry uh, oh, in the always. <laughs> but yeah, just on a on a daily basis. Well, we've got the school now, so that's kind of upended everything for us. Not in a bad way. It's just a complete change because we've been doing homeschooling forever. Yeah. Um, from the beginning, but now it's, but now it's you know simple things: getting their clothes ready. Is their homework done? Is are their bags packed? Or the, is their lunch packed before? And then, it's it's uh, one of the things I did want to say earlier is all of our children are professing Christians now. They've our youngest um, Clark. He was just baptized this right. past celebration Dude, Sunday. Folks, you guys don't. You don't understand. He wasn't just baptized. The man almost began to preach. Mm. It was. It, it did my heart nothing but joy listening to that guy. He's like, and I believe it because the Bible says it, and therefore it's true. I'm yeah. like, you preach, bro. Yeah. He <laughs> did was, a great job. Yeah, we uh, practice it, but he yeah, he did a great job. 
so, so they're all professing Christians, and now you know, with every day, with 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 homework, or how they're dealing with each other, or how they're talking to us, or how they're thinking about their homework, it's it's how are we doing it in a in a God honoring way now? There's a lot of training. So, like with the example of the watching the movie this morning, it was okay. What's going on? Trying to understand her heart, trying to understand why she was reacting that way, and then. And then seeing where her heart was behind that, why she was getting so upset. And it, it actually did turn into a good opportunity of teaching, which I'm sure she's getting a little tired of those teaching opportunities because they happen all the time. <laughs> but we have to be intentional and we have to take those opportunities, I think, as they happen. Um, it's, a, it's, a picture into her, it's a picture into her heart. It's a picture into their heart. And we have to address it um, so, so we can hopefully – you know, tweak it, get it back on the right path. You add anything to that? No? Mm -hmm. Okay, it'd be better if you say no. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so that that right there is good. So the picture was we have a little baby girl, we start coming here, and it's not because you came here. Um, I, I don't want the listeners to get the wrong impression, but you start coming here and you had no expectations. You just, Jake knew crud, I've got a soul. I don't quite know what to do with this. But you guys really had no long-term plans. You, you just had a baby. So you're now mom and dad. Now you're talking about, and I hope the listeners pick this up, Of, um, we're not talking about go to the play area or sit on the couch and be quiet for 15 minutes so you can learn. You're way past those. You're, you're past the, that's a no touch. Mm -hmm. you're, you're now dealing with heart issues. Right? Heart issues. Yeah, we don't hardly – what's been great is we hardly ever have to – I can't remember the last time we've had to, to spank or anything, or anything like that. There's still, there are still discipline times, but now it's, it's different. So we put, the, we put the time in earlier of teaching them to kid, sit still. Kid, no, we're talking right now. You need to listen. Was that respectful? You know, or whatever the example is, you know, so that's been trained. And so now it makes, it makes addressing their heart issues so much easier because now they can actually sit and listen. And I think right. that we have to address the, those heart issues. Um, and like I said, they're all professing Christians. So when something happens, hey, was this the appropriate way to respond? No. Okay. Well, why? Okay. Well, here's the punishment you're going to get from it, whatever it is. It just leads to a lot of good conversations that we're able to have, a lot of teaching opportunities. No, but what you're also describing is where I think a lot of parents end up inadvertently going wrong is they they do the hard work early on where they can their ch child's not interrupting, they're not running around like crazies, there's no tantrums in your house, so it's kind of peaceful, right? Mm -hmm. um, but now you start having them get older and somehow it's like parents assume now it's my time to relax but in fact it's not what you you said is it actually is now more work but but it's made easier because you can speak to them that they're, they're not throwing a, mm -hmm. a temper tantrum mm -hmm. or would you agree disagree now i think it's looking for more little things so now it's a facial expression their demeanor it's not so outward like 
asking them to go put a certain toy away and they throw it across the room and that's their disobedience. And it was so simple to say, okay, well, you did not obey right away, fast and first, and you obviously didn't do it with a good attitude either. So we can go deal with that. But now it's an eye roll. It's a tone of voice. It's just smaller things that we have to be on the lookout for and try to ask questions because they're not always as forthcoming either with why they're acting that way. No, and and I think that's something that I appreciate you saying because you're dealing with a heart and you're de- you're dealing with the soul what what you said before but it they they're fully formed they 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 have their own wills they are expressing those wills good mm-hmm. bad or ugly but they're doing it right and it's like so you're what you guys are doing is you're still implementing disciplines different kind though but but you're also stepping more and more into a shepherding role um, what have been some challenges in that? Because you're kind of like in those that in between zone. Um, have you found any challenges of? I don't, I'm not asking this question. Good, and it's not one of our prepared questions. So forgive me. But have you ever found yourself treating your children like they're little when they're not little, or you're expecting them to be more mature than they are? because they're not yet there? I mean, do you find those situations? If so, can you explain? Yeah, and especially, and this ties in a lot with with some of the old things, so, some things that have been revealed to me as a, as, a, as a man, as a father, as I'm going through this parenting thing. Um, we had an example, uh, a few examples, something that by the time the night comes, I want them in bed. I want I want to breathe or at least just go get ready for work for the next day. And it's like, kid, why are you out again? No, you don't need to go to the bathroom again. Um, but I'm enjoying this too much. We're all done with this. <laughs> but and so it's like, oh, kid. So one of them comes out. One of them comes out. And in my initial gut reaction, I remember was to just shut it down, get in bed. Well, then the kid comes to me and she goes, you know, daddy, I did this. And she was all of a sudden it turned into this big repenting thing that had been on her heart. Hmm. And it was a, it was a learning thing for me because leading up to this, the previous few months, it was like, kid, how many times do I have to tell you, get in bed, go to bed. You need sleep. I need you to go to sleep. But she came out and she had been laying in bed thinking and she couldn't sleep because of things she needed to, that she was concerned about if she needed to confess or, or whatever. So that led to a good opportunity of talking with her about that. And then another time with uh, with my son, same thing. And he comes out and I'm sitting there going, and my initial gut reaction was to be, I said, get in bed. <laughs> but it turns out he comes, hey, dad, I, they're not perfect or anything like that. And it's not always like this, but... Hey, Dad, can you pray for me? I want to talk to this one kid about Jesus. And I've been thinking about it, and I don't know how. And had I just shut it down and just initially, you know, I said get in bed. You've been, you were supposed to be in bed 20 minutes ago. If I had shut that down, that we wouldn't have had, had to have that opportunity. There needs to be flexibility. Yeah, There needs to be flexibility and go with each situation, not parenting, I'm finding, isn't cookie cutter, especially now that they're getting older, it's not the same answer for everything. You have to look at each situation differently. Are you finding that uh, true as well? 
Absolutely. Even the situation he was talking about, about one of our daughters coming out. And she even told us, I had been praying for God to reveal things in my heart that I needed to seek forgiveness for, any sort of sin that I need to cut out of my life. And she even brought that forth when she came out. So Well, that's going to make your heart sing. Oh, yes, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, see, those are the evidences that there's something that that we're not talking about an empty profession of faith, but Mm. the spirits at work in your children, that, that, that's, trust me, that makes a pastor's heart sing as well. Uh, But, but you're, you just described it. It, Your early age, it is kind of cookie cutter. Mm. These are now when you're in the early age, it doesn't feel like it, right? Because you're clueless and it's all new, but you look backward and you realize, man, I would not mind having a two-year-old right now because it's so simple. Mm. (laughs) But now it's more complex, and you have to take every situation uniquely. And what what I think the listeners will find when we talk to John and Esme is it just gets even bigger because now you're even basically away from the discipline, and you're now completely in that world of being their counselor, their advisor, and, you know, now they're different because they have sons. Mm-hmm. So they've raised their sons to go and find a wife. Um, you have daughters, and this will be for other discussions, not here. But if you guys choose to go the courtship route, you're nodding. So that's what you're leaning toward? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Yes. You know, then you, dear friend of mine, Jake, you will watch – Young men come a knocking, and and you're like, no, <laughs> no, mm-hmm. no. And I can walk you through some of the things I had to do with all of art, but it's it's a you're like, man, we worked so hard, and now we got some dolt, <laughs> you know, who hasn't yet figured out how to use a bar of soap, and he's coming in wanting to pursue <laughs> my daughter for marriage, and and, and but she's also taken by him because he makes her laugh. You know, and you're like, yeah, that. But hopefully, hopefully from, if we're doing a good enough job, if we're doing a good job now, doesn't guarantee it, but if we're doing a good job now, we have her ear now. That's what you're doing. We have her ear now. Right. So that way when she is older, when all three of them, are, my, my, my ladies are older, they'll be able to hear us and trust us. Yep. There was not a single one of my daughters who did not walk a rush upstairs in tears after talking to me about some young man. And um, and yet they never pushed me away. They never hated me. They never, but you could see the battle in their heart because there's emotions, right? Mm-hmm. And But but all of those years that Kim and I invested, um, that's where it came home. And, and it, they knew dad was not out to hurt them. Um, he had their best. He loved them. It wasn't his uh, things like this. He didn't do these things purely out of his convenience, um, and so that's what you guys are now plowing that kind of mindset in. So that yes, I, I agree with you. And Lord willing, we have so many other families who are seeking the same. That you'll instead you'll have a bunch of young men who have been trained to have a biblical worldview uh, mm-hmm. about manhood and marriage and 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 what it means to honor a woman and treat her with the honor that's due her and and that you'll be able to have that joy um you guys are first generation so you know it's different mm-hmm. there's de- definitely been praying for that for those future husbands 
but also for their parents now that they're doing it right yeah. to raise those sons to take care of my daughter someday. Well, I was talking to uh, Angie is our second grade teacher, right? At mm-hmm. our Imago yes. Day uh, classical school. And you're switching to fourth grade next I year. Am. So that'll be awesome. So you get all the kids that Esme's teaching. I do. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I am too. And I was talking to a wife, not a wife, a mother. Um, we were talking about her daughter during lunch. And I said, You understand that there's very good chance that one of these young men will be her husband and she just gave me this look and she's like oh yeah <laughs> and i'm like yeah there's more going on here than just a school um and there that you know a whole lot of stuff is taking place it's exciting so um let me ask you this question uh what are there things that you wish you had been better at in the earlier years uh, that may have helped you or were you, and I, this is not you airing your dirty laundry it's just I have never met a parent, and Kim and I are included in that, that don't wish they had done something a little different now looking back. Is there anything like that that you guys saw? Uh, and also in light of the things that Matt and I have spent all these weeks teaching on, where, uh, and here's what's behind it, is I know parents, I, and they're going to hear and say, oh, I don't know, that seems a little narrow, or oh, that's a little strict, or oh, I don't think that's necessary. And then later on, they're like, wow, I really wish I there was more to that then. So is there anything, and I'll, Angie, I'll let you go first. Um, I think one of the things that maybe we didn't quite work on when they were little was the idea of them not understanding how to appeal properly. I find us now, even with Clark, um, working through what does that look like when we ask you to do something, it's not, but I want to do this first. It's maybe having them all say, yes, mom, yes, dad, first, and then may I appeal and specifically ask for it. So I think that was one of the things that we kind of lacked because that's so important for them to be respectful and to still say, yes, yes, mom, yes, dad, like they hear you, they are saying they're going to do it, and then may I appeal, and then they may ask us something else. So so how, how do you see that affecting now as opposed to when he was five? Um, I mean, he might get to appeal, but it, his his questions and concerns at five are much different than now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how does that appeal process help you guys now when it's done right? Uh, we can just hear what's on his heart and what he wanted to do. A lot of times when he's asking for something else, it was for a good reason. And sometimes it's even something as simple as, um, mom, actually, dad asked me to do this first. So it is helpful in that way where it's not pitting us against each other One's telling him to do something, the other's telling him to do something, and he feels caught in the middle between us. Just having that clear, oh, by the way, dad asked me to do this first. May I please do this first, and then I'll you know, do whatever you ask me to, mom. Okay. So that's helpful. Okay. There's, also a, 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 an a, there's also an aspect, though, that of he still needs to listen. He mm-hmm. still needs to obey. And if he's not going to do it the right way, if he's not going to do your, do, if he's not going to appeal the right way, but you know, but but Dad, I really wanted to do this, or can I just finish this, or can I just do this? No, you're not listening. What right now by you saying that, and you, I can see the pout on your face, buddy, or or the girls. By you doing that, you're saying that what you want to do is more important than what I'm asking you to do, what I'm telling you to do, and that's not right. So there's that aspect too of of still, even though they're older, of teaching them to obey and respect. Well, there's a way to appeal. There is a way to appeal. Right. And. 
they don't do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, like, did you guys teach them put their hand on your arm for interruptions? Yes. yes. Now, do you still expect that, or are they old enough that they're smart enough to know they just don't interrupt? <laughs> the older ones are, but the Clark still comes well, up. Clark's going to be that way until he's. I'm like, buddy, I hear you. <laughs> I see you. Go away. <laughs> I love you, but no. You got love, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like well, sometimes he's putting his head, his hand on the back of my head. I'm like, I see you. <laughs> Go away. Now. My grandchildren do it, and they'll walk up and they'll put their hand, and and then they get anxious, and so they start, yeah, tapping or, mm -hmm. and and I just kind of like take their hand and I'll say, I see you. Yeah. Wait. Because <laughs> it's like, oh man, now I've got what, 13 grandchildren. So it's like hands all over grandpa. It's like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> and yet we trained them to touch us mm -hmm. and, and for the interruption. Okay. Anything else that you look back on and you're like, this would have been, if we had been more uh, diligent, it, it would have helped us now. Being faithful with the discipline every time. Okay. There are a lot of times, I'm, I'm sure everybody goes through it or does it where they aren't faithful how they should with the discipline or they give too many like fine you're not going to get this one this time or fine just just go just go to bed or whatever it is if we would have been more faithful i think i would have i think that would have helped more um with with lots of things now with timekeeping um you know timekeeping with with their money because they're getting older now they it's not like they're rolling in money or anything like that but with but with like uh, with birthday money they get or or um or any money that they do happen to get from chores or whatever, uh, I've been more faithful with teaching them certain things, and be more faithful with the with some of the discipline that I would have I if I could go hmm. back that in being more intentional with de with devotions I'm not family devotions I'm not the best at but my goodness how hard how easy was it to I just came home from work. You know, Angie's doing dinner or whatever, and instead of sitting at the table, we would just sit in the living room and watch a and watch a movie or something like that. I think I could have redeemed those times better, um, but being more intentional with it, being more intentional with the time. Do you guys get the sense of how quick time is passing with your children? Too fast. Too fast. Yeah, it's it's freaky, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, we have a thirteen-year-old in a few weeks. I know, I know. I, I mean, and then all of a sudden. A, a few days later, you're walking or down an aisle, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. Yeah. I'm serious. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and you're like, how? Wow, well, yeah. And that's where all of the, that's why I'm asking the question I asked. It's, you know, people spend a lot of time, parents, unfortunately, grasping uh, after the wind um, because they never plowed and, and early on. And, mm -hmm. The reason we picked you guys is it's been a joy. Kim and I were talking about you. Um, you guys are actually somewhat common in our conversations, um, and it's always good. Uh, but I, I still remember a day that you called me, Jake, um, and you were just frustrated. And it was clear in your voice, and you're like, Pastor Matt, I, I, I'm sorry. I, he, nobody, if you don't know Jake, he'll, he'll always start with an apology, and he thinks he's mm -hmm. intruding. And he's like, I'm sorry. I know you're busy, and I'm like, I'm fine. What What do you need? And you're like, Well, I I don't want if you got something else to do. And I'm like, Dude, you're now you're annoying me. <laughs> Just tell me what you want. But but I could hear the frustration. You're like, So here's the situation with one of your kids. I don't remember which one. 
and um, we're doing this and it's not working and I don't know what to do. And I said, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, it's You're not doing it because it works, you're doing it because it's right. And what made my heart so happy was I was expecting pushback and you said, okay, so I'm, it just keep doing it. I said, yeah, you're doing fine. And we talked a little bit more, but, but it was, it was remarkable how it was, there was no pushback. There was not, okay, we're, there's gotta be an easier way or a way around this. Um, you just had to push through that event. Um, and, and so I, in, in spite of you guys saying, I wish maybe we could have been more consistent. That's where grace comes in. God is immensely kind to us all, right? Um, and we see it. Uh, but it's not a surprise to me. That I see your children professing faith. I, I've seen you guys wash them with the gospel, work that in. Um, so let me ask you this. What, what, has, what have you guys learned about yourselves? This would be question number four, basically. What challenges have you discovered in your own heart as parents that you've had to overcome because p- children are really good at revealing mm-hmm. mom and dad's heart. Well, I know at the very beginning when we first got married, we were both working full-time jobs. And even when we had Jaina, I kept working. So she was going to grandparents' houses. And I think we were seeing right away how that was not helpful. Um, I'm thankful I ended up being laid off when Gracie was born. And it was absolutely a blessing. It was like, here you go. Go be a stay-at-home mom. You need to. Because it was giving her such um, mixed messages. We were trying to do be faithful at home and train her in a specific way. And then we would send her to grandparents' houses. And we both grew up in unbelieving homes, so it just looked different. Um, there. So I think it was giving her such mixed signals. And Mm -hmm. I know when I did get laid off, uh, I had a hard time with being a stay-at-home mom at the beginning, giving up that control of my day and feeling like I really understood the gravity of what that meant for me to be at home, that it was a very important task, Um, not thinking to myself like, oh, I got this degree and I should be doing this, that, and the other, but just dying to myself in that way. I was brought up to, you know, you go to school, you do a really good job, you get a great career, you make a lot of money, and um, that was no longer important. Jaina was the most important, and then Grace at that time, too. just coming home, understanding what that needed to look like, what faithfulness needed to look like. So there was definitely dying to myself in that sense of that life that I thought I was going to have, this career, yeah. and understanding yeah. that it was nothing. I didn't need that. It was vanity. It was just, you know, I didn't need it. So I think that took a little while for me to settle in, um, understand the gravity of my job at home, and then also at the same time um, for us to both be on the same page, Jake and I in parenting so that I was doing what he was wanting for our household at home and being faithful in that. So I think that that was hard at the very beginning, but I'm thankful that I got laid off and forced into that position because it was the best thing for us. That's cool. I actually remember that now that you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, what about for you? How, 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 what has challenged you just being as a dad that maybe if you had never had children, God would never have taught you? Patience. <laughs> really, huh? <laughs> Patience. Um, now that they're older, not being hypocritical. That's being one of the things that we want our kids to do in the morning um, is read a little bit from their Bible and pray. When they're younger, when they're younger, 
I could say that kind of, I could, well, not say that because they couldn't, they couldn't read at the time or, or whatever. But it, now that they're older, if I say one thing, hey, treat your brother this way, treat your sister this way, hey, we need to take care of, 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 our, of our room this way. But then they go and look at daddy's room or look at daddy's car or how I'm, or how I'm maybe reacting out of anger to a certain situation. Now they're, they're not stupid. No, they're they can not. see, <laughs> they can see how I'm reacting. So I don't want to be a hypocrite. And there's been many, many a times where I come back and I have to repent to them and yeah. say, here I am expecting you to do this. And this is how I responded. That was wrong. I, I responded, I reacted out of anger. I did not have mm. self-control. It was a bad anger, you know, and so there's definitely repentance, but yeah, that patience and not being a hypocrite, it's, it's forcing me to look at how I'm acting because they're older and they can see that now. Yeah. And I don't want to screw them up with that. Well, and you are, again, you're seeing though a subtle part of what parenting is, is it's not just how to be triumphant because we, we won't, we live in a broken world, we sin, um, but part of that is learning how to how to live in a world of sin as Christians. Part of it's repenting, seeking forgiveness. And they need to see that because sometimes kids inadvertently are taught perfectionism by mom and dad. That's the only time we talk about things is when you do good. But the reality is that they don't always do good. But but God has given us a way to resolve that in Christ, right? And we can confess our sin and he promises to forgive and I can create a home that forgiveness reigns, that mom and dad are quick to forgive you, and we can come to you and show you when we need forgiveness. That's that's not a lot of homes. I, I mean, I never had that with growing up, and I was a first generation. My, my mom and dad were first generation Christians. We didn't have that. I, I can't think of a time mom or dad ever came back and, and, you know, and you knew it was wrong and it was amazing. I'm sure you guys had the same thing where you could harbor bitterness because you're like, I'm in trouble. And yet mom does that every single day. And somehow we're all supposed to just put up with it. You know? Yeah. I don't want to exasperate them. No, no. Okay. One last question then. Uh, if you guys were to communicate to our listeners, a key takeaway uh, from your own position as a mother or as a father, what, what what would you say to somebody who doesn't go to our church? So you got one shot here, just what what's a key takeaway that you would give? Stay faithful and be diligent and don't lose heart. Like those three things okay. together, I just feel like it's going to look the same every day, especially when they're younger and you feel like you've disciplined them for the 50th time for the same exact thing, but you just keep pushing through. And each time that we did that, we saw the fruit of that. And I feel like we're reaping that now. It makes for hard work when they're younger. Yeah, it makes our house, it's a lot more pleasant. Yes. A lot less, you know, no, no scream. There's no fighting. I mean, the kids will fight, but we're not screaming at the kids. They're not like screaming back at us. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasant place. Yeah. Um, Peace is the norm rather than chaos. Chaos will come. I mean, they're... Yeah. We're all sinners, right? What about for you? Or was that your key takeaway? Can I say more than one? Yeah, you can take 50. <laughs> I don't care. <clears throat> oh, now he's no. clearing his throat. Oh, boy. Settle in, folks. Settle in. You <laughs> thought we were coming to the end. Um, I've got a few I was thinking about. 
give them opportunities to see you being faithful and obedient, so, both in your own home, but also with the church. Give them opportunity to see that their parents care about the church and that the parents want to serve and be there and be with be with the body, praying with the people at the church who need mm -hmm. it. Give them opportunity to see that and then give them, as they're getting older, give them opportunities to serve as well. Um, like Angie said, be very be faithful. You, you, be faithful in, in everything. You're gonna you're gonna screw up, but but be faithful. We get something that kind of bugs me is we get you get up there and you preach, or you get up there, or you and Grayson and Matt will get up there, and before you'll even maybe give updates on the church or something, and you'll give and you'll give um, advice. You're not just giving this advice just because it's it's fun or you think it's a good idea it's it's biblical and you think this is what best for the flock yeah. that you're shepherding and i see i've seen it where people just go oh that's that's your opinion mm -hmm. that's your opinion yep. it's like no you're 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 in this you're part of this body you're sitting under this leadership they're caring for your souls you take their advice seriously with what they're with what they're recommending with what they're suggesting it's not just Oh, that's nice. That's their opinion. I'm going to keep doing it my way. I mean, you can, we can obviously come talk to you about it if we have concerns and, and everything. But but take your take what you say seriously. Take what your leadership is saying seriously. Um, I would say that um, something that for for fathers especially, I hope we can say this. I get off your phones. Get off your phones. Hmm. Um, when your kids are coming to talk to you and you're flipping through Facebook. It's like they're trying to show you their painting. They're trying to ask you a question, and and you're sitting here and you're whatever. YouTube's more important. It's I hate that, especially oh, during during church too. I'm like, come on, man. I don't get that. I I I will tell everyone you will you will hate your life one day when you're trying desperately to get your daughter or your son's ear because they're heading somewhere horrible. And they'll be dismissive, and they'll just be flipping through their phone. And you, you trained them that. It, it, it's just, yeah, I can't agree with you strongly enough. I mean, it's, yeah, and but but they watched it. They all they wanted to do was tell daddy another stupid joke, mm -hmm. and it was a stupid joke, <laughs> but it was dad. Yeah, and my your your daughter wanted to talk to dad. And you did everything in your power to discourage that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would uh, I would add one more for your stage of life. Um, don't be afraid to uh, show affection for one another in front of your children. Um, <laughs> what, what you're laughing with his money. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I was just going to say that. Yes, I, I would. Especially from Clark. Especially. Yep, yep. It was always Maddie doing that. Um, but, you know, when they see you kiss, when they see you hug, um, when they they see you kiss and then come back for a second kiss, because that was kind of a nice kiss, you know, and they're all like rolling their eyes, oh my gosh, again. Um, they can say that all they want, they love it. Uh, but it's it's showing them uh, a, an aspect of that marriage. It's not just two adults happen to coexisting together, but it's two people who love because the the central the central relationship 
um, and you guys will find this to be far more true than maybe you grasp right now, is is you and your your husband. Um, though there will come a day that they're all gone. I mean, I remember watching Kim, and she. There's a way that she comports herself that still just melts my heart. Um, it, it, it. It's one of absolute vulnerability, and I saw it. it she doesn't show it very often. And once was um, when my my first daughter was married, and they were gone, and they had moved everything out, and she was standing in the room, and I came up the stairs, and she was not wringing her hands. She was just holding her hands and I could see that face. And it was the recognition that we're done. Uh, I think she was 19. She, we're done. She's gone. My, my beautiful daughter is gone. And I just held her. She cried. Oh, she cried. Um, I reminded her that's what we were there to do. Mm -hmm. We were training them to leave, but you know, I, I look at moms and dads where they never invest in their marriage because they're so busy trying to raise up perfect kids to only find out that perfect kids aren't perfect and the, and they're all gone and now we don't know how to love each other. So don't. That's my pastoral admonition to you too. Don't be afraid to show them that mom and dad still love each other and mm -hmm. and we're the ones that matter here uh, when it comes right down to it. So anything I else? Saying that in one of the. I remember you saying that in one of the sermons, like someday they'll just, they'll be gone. Yep. And it's always quicker than you think. Always quicker. She's going to be 13 soon. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, anything else that you'd like to say? I don't think so. How about you, Jake? You've got all kinds of things you seem to have. <laughs> He's looking at his notes <laughs> with his heavy stock paper that I told him not to wrinkle. It's too crinkly. <clears throat> No, I think I'm. No, I think I'm good. Okay. Well, I appreciate you guys doing this. Um, again, uh, Jake and Angie, uh, they're in those middle years. I hope that this was helpful to everyone who's listening. Uh, don't be afraid to let us know your thoughts. Uh, if you have, again, if you have any other questions, don't be afraid to ask them. But we ask you again to like, share, uh, rate us, do it on iTunes, Facebook, whatever it is that you use. Do that. But as always, we tell you. Tell a friend. Oh,